welcome to episode nine of our podcast. I'm Alex, one half of The Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half of The Sober Experiment. So today I'm really, really excited today because we've got the very lovely Millie Gooch with us, founder of Sober Girl Society. Millie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today because we know how mega busy you are and it's massively appreciated. So hello. Ah, hello. I'm never too busy for you, don't we say? No. <laughs> And I thank you for having me. Well, we, we are really excited about it, Millie. So, um, how's your week been first off, I guess? We saw you last Sunday and been up to much since? Yeah, it's been really good, actually. I had some very good news um, on Monday, which was great. Um, and then, yeah, the, week, the week's been all right, actually. It's been quite busy. I always say, I mean, I say it's been busy, but I'm sort of gearing up for dry January. So, a lot of the plans are, are quite busy. But in terms of actually leaving the house, I've not really done a lot. But come January, I don't think I'll be in at all. So, yeah, just, just gearing up for dry January, really. Yeah, it's exciting. Oh, so I'm making the most of it. Yeah. Yeah, I always say that everyone's like, oh, I'm so busy around Christmas. And I'm like, no, when you're all quiet in January, I'm going to be mad busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Millet, I'm going to kick off it. I, um, I follow you on Instagram and I have done from the very, very beginning. You know, you were one of the first sober accounts that I saw. So uh, you've been such a huge inspiration to me and I know you have to a lot of other sober people can you tell us though a little bit about the Millie before sobriety and what were your reasons for stopping drinking yeah okay uh Millie before sobriety was the party animal she was very wild um and her friends actually had the name uh the nickname generous Millie for her um because if I was buying drinks I was buying everyone drinks and <laughs> I was constantly buying drinks so I you know I'd go out to the bar and be like who wants a Jager bomb and then I'd buy like everyone would say no and I'd still buy like eight Jager bombs I'd be like you're doing <laughs> Um, I was a drink pusher, which I'm very embarrassed about now, but I was. I was always the person who was like, why aren't you drinking quick enough? Or come on, let's have another one. Um, I was very, very much a stay till the end drinker. So, I mean, one time in university, my friends actually had to get the bouncers to escort me out of the club because they wanted to go home and I refused to leave. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I shouldn't yeah. laugh at that, but... No, no, no. <laughs> she was wild. Um, it's only because we've done it, Millie. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. And, uh, yeah, if if I could... I don't think we'd be friends now, if I'm honest. She, <laughs> she was quite a lot to take. And then she would either, like, end her night, like, crying in the toilet or, you know, saying her friends didn't care about her or... Yeah, she was very dramatic Aww. as well. Um, so, and then essentially my reasons for giving up was I was kind of like a big binge drinker at university. I took those habits through with me to sort of my early 20s and working in London and I was kind of putting my, started to put myself in dangerous situations you know I was like working in London and then getting the train home to Kent and I wouldn't really like remember how I'd got home I started suffering from blackouts I'd get really bad beer fear the next day and like really yeah. anxiety of like what did I do who did I speak to am I on the man online for being drunk and disorderly like just all those questions and then I started to notice it was actually taking a real toll on my mental health generally. So it wasn't kind of just hangovers. So if I'd go out on a Saturday, I would really, really get drunk. And then Sunday, I'd spend all day in bed, like doing nothing, wasting my weekend. I'd go to work on Monday and I'd still kind of feel on edge. 
And then Tuesday, Wednesday, it was kind of the same thing. And then by Thursday, Friday, when I started to feel better, I'd just do it all again and repeat. And then I would do it because I was sort of like still feeling rubbish about myself from, you know, the week before. Um, Mm. So I got into this like real cycle of like binge drinking and partying and like trying to distract myself. I was very like an emotional drinker. I always drank because I wasn't particularly happy. Um, And then obviously we all know that drinking doesn't make you happier. So I was (laughs) feeling worse the next day. And then when I was 26, uh, so it was February 2018. So coming up to two years in Feb, um, I just woke up on, I went on a night out and I reckon I remember about 5% of that night out. I remember being in the town and that's kind of it. And my friend said loads of things that I did, just like silly things the next day. And they were like, oh, you know, like you threw Nikki's burrito out of the car. And I was like, I just, I don't remember any of this. And like, just like little things that weren't aligning with like who I was or, and they were like, oh yeah, some girl was wearing a hat in the club and you tried to steal a hat. And I was like, what, why would I do that? Like that doesn't And just like, so that, that morning I was like, do you know what? I'm just never going to drink again. And I'd said it so many times, but I don't know what it was within me. So that morning, well, when I was hungover, I downloaded Catherine Gray's The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober because I I physically couldn't read because I couldn't open my eyes. And I listened to it and that was the book that kind of just changed everything for me. And I was like, that, that's it. I'm never drinking again. And something inside me just, carried on with it and I I can't really remember now if when I first started it I was like this is absolutely I'm like gonna stick to it but just like as time went on it just felt like this was the right thing to be doing and, and I've just stayed on that path ever since yeah it's, I just similar, sorry it? I, so, yeah I'll just start, start saying this so it's, it's very similar it, this kind of for, for me I really kind of sympathize with that it was a light bulb moment for me and my only regret is that I wasn't as young as you were when I did it because I opened my eyes at 40 and thought oh well 41 what am I doing like yeah. ridiculous and and obviously having children as well and this is why it's so useful to have this chat with you because having children the the, the impact wasn't just on me and my friends and my husband it was actually starting to seep into their life as well and put yeah. it at risk and albeit the risks were small but there was only one way it was going for me and I know that Lisa you're you're very similar, aren't you, Lisa? Absolutely. I just think, Millie, I, I don't know anybody in my social circle that wouldn't relate to everything you've just said. I'm like, that's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> um, but obviously, like Alex says, I, it wasn't until I was like 39. And I absolutely agree with what Alex says. If I'd have known and if I could have done it when I was younger, um, I'm, I'm a little bit envious. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like it's like the time now it's not necessarily like I don't know I think there's a lot more like resources and things around now that are really different so I don't think it's because I've chosen to like I've just chosen to do it now at this time that we've all kind of chosen to do it because I do think there's like a real revolution happening like had, had this been 10 years ago when I was 26 I don't know if the same thing would have happened yeah I agree with that and 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 just what you said there, I mean, you are a massive part of those resources that you're just talking about there. Um, so Sober Girl Society, it's just huge. I think you, you're on like 70,000 followers on Instagram. Oh, not, not that much. Uh, 61. It's not far, <laughs> it's not far <laughs> off. I, I mean, it, I would say it's one of the biggest platforms for sober socialising and sober women particularly yeah. um, that's out there. It's massive. I mean, 
tell us how all that started and, and did you ever think that it would be this big and this successful? Oh, I, I genuinely never, ever thought it would be this big. I'm, st I'm still a bit like, oh, no, it's just me talking about sobriety. But I really oh. feel like a, a bigger thing than me. Um, I think, so I sort of, for my first kind of six months of sobriety, I kind of like white knuckled it, as they say. Um, and I was in this kind of like pink cloud of like everything was amazing, everything was rosy. <laughs> And then I basically went on holiday um, to Canada with my friends and I had like the best week of my life. And I was just like, oh my God, sobriety is amazing. It's so good. Like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And I came home and I had this like almighty like crash all of a sudden, um, which a lot of people say is this like pink cloud dispersing where you suddenly realize, okay, this yeah. is my life now. Um, and I had what I think now is kind of a mental breakdown. And I, I talk about it quite openly um, I was very very lucky so I started um, suffering with this thing called like disassociation um, and like I kind of felt like I wasn't in the room and like I was in like slow motion and it was all really weird and I, I my friends and family were just amazing at the time and they sort of recommended that I went straight into counseling um, which I did and she kind of taught me through like why I was having panic attacks and and all this kind of sense and what I kind of realized is that I had for years and years and years been like drinking through my emotions. So when I actually had real emotions now, I wasn't really realizing how to deal with them. And I'd had like 26 years of crap that I'd been pushing down. And I kind of just, it got to the point now where it was all coming out. Um, so I kind of looked around on social media at the time and was like, why is no one talking about this? Like, why is no one talking about like, how you know it actually alcohol and mental health are really really linked not just because alcohol is a depressant but the fact that we use alcohol so readily to kind of change our emotional state that none of us are actually being able to deal with our emotions now because as soon as we're stressed or anything like that we, we just drink so therefore we can't like when stressful situations come up we can't deal with them yeah. so I kind of looked around and everyone was talking about like alcohol and physical health and diabetes and cancer and I couldn't really find anything that was talking about mental health and I found a lot of great communities that were kind of you know like AA recovery communities I found like a lot of mums that were talking about kind of like mummy wine culture and you know mummy juice at play dates and things like that yeah. and they were all really really helpful but I just I wanted something that was like young millennial talked about mental health was like really honest but at the same time like still wanted to be really sociable like I was working in media at the time so I was forever having to go to like fashion shows and press dinners and I couldn't really just say okay I'm never going to go out again and just protect my sobriety like I wanted something that was like no you can be like social and you can be fun and you can talk about your mental health and you can do all this and you just you just taking alcohol out of the equation um so when I couldn't find it I kind of decided to just set it up myself and it really essentially just started as me doing like funny quotes and talking about alcohol and mental health and I actually didn't put my face on it until I had I think it was 10,000 followers wow. and then and then I was like, hi guys, just so you know, like I'm behind <laughs> this account. Um, and then I went to, um, I got asked by a girl called Kate who runs the Sober Millennials. She was tasked um, by Club Soda to put together a panel of young and sober people for the Mindful Drinking Festival last January. And she kind of messaged me and said, look, I've, I've seen that 
you know, you're young, you're sober, do you want to come be on this panel? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds really fun. So I like went on the panel and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to talk to people about this. I want to like share my story. I want to like tell people, you know, you can stop drinking. You can still do all the things that you were doing before, but if not better. And it's kind of just developed from there really. And then we started doing brunches and events and like getting people together. And I've started doing more panels and more podcasts and more talks and working with universities. And it's just, it's kind of escalated from there into like a million different branches really of of stuff. But yeah, it's just growing constantly, which is so exciting. Yeah. And I've seen that you're moving into almost activism kind of territory now. Is that right? Is that what you're describing? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think like with sobriety, it's just like ever changing and you're ever evolving. So like my first year was all about like making sober friends and getting people together, and now that kind of ball's rolling. I'm like, okay, well actually now I want to start making some changes because I still see this constant like everything around me is just alcohol, 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 and I'm like, I want to change that. And and I went to the university and I loved all the work I did with universities and. I thought, oh my God, I'd love to do like talks at universities and I'd love to work on like alcohol marketing and there's so many things. So I think for the kind of first year, it was very like social media, social media, get the word out there about our events and meetups. And now this year I'm like, okay, well, we're in a good place with events and meetups. Now actually there's some real change making to be done and stuff that I want to do. Yeah. And you are, from what I can see, you know, having an amazing positive impact and, you know, something that like I mentioned to you last week, that we we're also working along the same vein with the workplaces. So to have like those two streams, like us going in the workplaces, you going into universities, yeah. and the older, I just think it'll be amazing. Yeah, we're going to take over the world, girl. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to create a sober world this time next Let's... year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Millet, I wanted to ask you, because I know you've mentioned about the universities, and yeah. when I was younger, and because my whole social life was based around alcohol, and I'm ashamed to say this, I've got, um, I'm not ashamed to say that I've got 21-year-olds, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what I am ashamed to say is, you know, when she was at school, I kind of, when I spoke about university, I kind of encouraged the party life um, of it and was like, oh, go to uni, it'll be brilliant, you'll be able to party all the time. As a parent, that's like, I'm really ashamed of myself. But, you know, um, alcohol and university life is so, it's strongly associated with alcohol. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So what would you say to people going to uni? Like, what? What do you do if you don't drink at uni? How do you make friends at uni without drinking? What What would you say? Uh, there's a few things. So some universities have actually got like alcohol-free halls of residence, um, which which might feel a bit extreme. But if you are really uncomfortable being around people who drink, that's one avenue. Um, yeah. A lot of universities now have started to have societies, like sober societies. Um, so whereas you'll have like, you know, the Frisbee Society, the Dance Society and the Football Society, some of them have sober societies where you can meet people who don't drink, um, which is amazing. And then the other one is to kind of check out the offerings in like the bars around where you're going. So one of the great things with the um like the work I did with Club Soda in the university so we had like pop-up non-alcoholic bars in the halls of residence and the best thing about this was people kind of came down and you know there was like loads of free pizza so I don't think they necessarily came down (laughs) for the alcohol free but they'd come over and they'd 
try it and we'd say oh it's alcohol free and they go mm, okay and then they try it and they go oh actually this is really good this alcohol free Budweiser or this alcohol free cider is actually really good and then it, it kind of gives them the knowledge to know that if they were to go on a night out and they're actually feeling like they don't want to drink they can go and grab one of these drinks in the bar and a lot of them look so like the same now as the alcoholic drinks yeah, yeah. have one without anyone even questioning it like if you go to the bar yourself and just buy an alcohol-free like Budweiser and ask them to put it in a glass, no one will ever know the difference. So yeah. I'd, I'd say like check out what's in your kind of like local bars. And if they don't have anything, try and push them to stock it. Like there should be, and this is some of the work that I want to do with like, certain bars should have to provide it. Like especially if they're in student areas, like a certain amount of non-alcoholic like choices. Absolutely. Um, and that should, I know that that's a lot of work that Club Soda does as well, actually, is like really pushing venues to make sure that they've got a good offering. So I, th- I think they're kind of like three good tools. But just to know that you don't need alcohol to have fun, you don't need alcohol to make good connections. And I, I think it is changing. I think the ideas are changing, which is great, because a lot of the students I spoke to when I was down there were like, oh, yeah, actually, I don't really drink that much. And like, I remember one lad, he came over, and he was like really young, looked like a bit of Jack the Lad. And he was like, oh, are these alcohol-free? And I thought, oh, God, here we go. And he was like, oh, yeah, I, I don't really drink alcohol because I'm on medication at the moment. And I was like, oh, lovely, okay, um, which is great. And like, there's so many more now that just don't drink or have better attitudes to alcohol-free drinks, which is great because um, Club Soda kind of like stocked a lot of the fridges in the halls of residences and they were like, oh yeah, we had some of those like alcohol-free G&Ts and actually they were really nice. So yeah, I think like know your options, know good places that you can go to and yeah, just, just do your research, I think, before you go to the uni. Yeah, definitely. I think it's amazing, Millie. Honestly, I really, really do think that the work you're doing and even just talking to people about it oh. is just fantastic. I really do. Oh, thank you. Oh, don't. I'll cry. <laughs> I, know, I don't know why. I feel a bit emotional. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, do, I, I do. I really do. I, th- I think that um, you, you touch on quite a few good points there as well, particularly where young people are concerned. And I'm hoping you can answer this question for me now, which is slightly off topic. Um, I hope yeah. I- <laughs> so a couple of people when we've been out, we're getting around the sober socialising thing and we're talking about alcohol-free beers. But a lot of people are really concerned how um, they're, they're going to loosen up in, in, in either social situations or in more personal situations like having sex or starting a relationship. So yeah. I can't, I'm not the person to talk about this because I've been comfortably married. I'm, I'm in a relationship for going on 10 years now. And when I, when I um, stopped drinking, my husband did it to support me. So we kind of both did it together. There's been no awkwardness. Our social um, life has shifted. And similarly, um, without, I will be talking on your behalf. Sorry, Lisa, without saying <laughs> You know, Lisa's got a mum who's gone sober. She's got me who's gone sober. She runs the Be Sober Manchester group with two other people. So again, we're all very, we've changed our social lives. But what about these people who are going out there, they're either trying to meet new friends or they're entering into new relationships. And rightly or wrongly, alcohol does loosen them up before they're engaging in um, their first time with somebody or something. What are you thinking? Yeah. Oh, there, there's loads of different ones, actually. So, oh God, this, I could talk about this for ages. So, if we start with, like, dating, uh, and then we can lead on to sex, so 
dating, I always used to find like before you go on a date, you want to be as relaxed as possible. So rather than drinking, you need to find a new activity that relaxes you. So whether that's doing like an hour of yoga or like an hour of meditation or just something that chills you out before you go. Um, and I also say like to be as relaxed as possible for me, it was to already tell that person that I wasn't going to drink because I know some people like to just announce it on the day, but for me, I wanted to go knowing that they knew I didn't drink and that they were okay with that. Yeah. Because I would hate to tell someone on a date and then the whole time be like, oh, do they think it's awkward? Oh, oh okay. Do they now not want to be on a date with me? Like if I said, yeah. look, I don't drink and they're like, do you know what? That's cool. That's fine. And then I can go on the date being as relaxed as possible because I know that they know <laughs> that I don't drink. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that would be the first one and then obviously like if you're doing dating apps things like Bumble and Tinder have actually I don't know if Tinder does Bumble and Hinge definitely do um, have those filters where you can say like if you drink or don't drink okay. so you can actually filter by people who don't drink so if you just want to go on a date with a person who doesn't drink as well you can do that um, or you can just set your own filter so that you know people know when they see your profile um, so then you don't even have to bring it up at all. Although some oh, people cool. don't don't see it, and you do have to remind them. Um, <laughs> find something that, that relaxes you. I always say, like, go really comfortable. Like, if I was going on dates and I was drinking, I probably would have worn like a really tiny skirt, like a really low cut top. Mm -hmm. And like now, I just kind of like go like just comfortable and just like as me. Um, do you think that's sorry Millie do you think that's because you're more comfortable now as you yeah maybe I do think it is I think I've becoming sober I've become a really like take me or leave me attitude like I've realized that because you 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 can't be anything else but you alcohol makes you something different but when you're sober yeah. you cannot be anything else but you it's really hard and exhausting to try to pretend to be someone else <laughs> so yeah I just go go in things that you feel comfortable in because if you're like if you're going there and you're like, oh, I'm a bit worried, you know, my boob's going to pop out my dress or like all those things that, you know, when you normally have a glass of wine, then you just stop worrying about those things. But if you're going to be worrying about those things all night, like, oh God, I'm really worried if I turn around, like I'll split my dress open, like just go in something that you're really, really comfortable and that you feel relaxed in. I'm, I'm not saying like go in your tracksuit bottoms, but like <laughs> something, something you're going to be worried about all night is, is one thing that I always say. Sober sex is a is a hard one. I would say, like, since I mean, I've happily. Boys <laughs> We're not pun intended. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I so I actually met my boyfriend on Bumble um, back in January. So we've been together since then. But what I would say is that when I stopped drinking one night stands did for me become more of a thing of the past um yeah. which because it is really hard to just get that kind of courage and like even like kissing on first dates became quite difficult for me but all I learned really is that if that person likes you they will wait and I'm, I'm not saying anything against sleeping with people on first dates like everyone is welcome to do what they want to do but I just didn't feel comfortable doing that until I felt like I'd known them a little bit longer like yeah. without yeah. um and so that's kind of the only thing that really shifted for me and then by the time that I would sleep with them I'd become really comfortable with them so the kind of nerves would have gone down a little bit so I, I think that's the kind of like main thing that has changed is, is you just get to know them a little bit more before you 
get down to it essentially (laughs) (laughs) and I think you're meant to feel the nerves a little bit I yeah you know I I know myself I covered oh I don't even think I ever had sex sober for a very long time honestly looking back I started drinking at like 13 years old to kind of socialize yeah so you know I really do think every sexual encounter that I had involved alcohol first yeah I think that's the thing and so many people that's sort of the problem really is because we associate it so much with drinking that it's really hard to get our heads around the fact that it doesn't have to involve drinking yeah it's really sad isn't it really and there's but when you look into it there's so many benefits of having like sober sex like Oh, I mean, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into. Oh, but go for it, it, it. <laughs> But like, it's it's easier to like self lubricate. Like, your orgasms are shown to be stronger. Like, there's a, like a lot to show that you know there's less chance of you contracting an STI, and like, there's so many benefits, and even just like physical injuries of like not falling off the bed and things like that, and just <laughs> like, authentic connection and and all those kind of things. Like, when you really look down to it, you're like. The best sex is, of course, when you're sober and not when you're drinking. Um, but we just, we don't really realise that until we start doing it. I completely yeah. agree. And yeah. you remember it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you wake up and you're like, okay, I know who this person is in my bed. So I remember them <laughs> into my bed. So that, that's the best thing. I think that's it. There's nothing worse than that. And I know that um, I can speak for Alex here because she might not be allowed to, but in the past. <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, you know, where you're like piecing things together and you're like did I do that did I? Yeah. and then you get flashbacks of things that you may have done that you might just not have done yeah with that person had you not been drinking yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and that's what the thing is like the lines become blurred and like it's just really like it, it's quite difficult territory and as well like when you I look back I know certainly on some of the things I did and I'm like what that was quite risky to put myself in that situation oh gosh yeah yeah, yeah I'd agree with that um, I think I've been in some rather risky situations safety wise generally yeah. um, and that has definitely gone since I stopped drinking and also the the bent the, even better than that and this is from like I say somebody who's married and my husband is quite protective over me in a non-controlling way but he likes to know I'm yeah, yeah. he is really happy now when I'm going out because he knows yeah. if I say I'm going to come home I'm going to come home he knows I'm going to be able to tell him where I am there has been many many times where he I've just completely gone black and he hasn't heard from me for hours and all sorts has gone through his head so I know that by giving up drinking I've done my relationship a massive favor as well yeah Hundred percent. Do you know I have a similar thing actually with the, my mum. Despite the fact that I'm 28 years old, she always <laughs> she knew I was going out. Would worry, worry, worry. And now, if I say I'm going out, she's like, okay, cool, have fun. Like, and I don't hear from her. But I used to get like five texts from her throughout the night. Like, are you okay? You get in the last train home. Who are you with? Like, and she always says now, like, she doesn't worry about me at all. But she said she used to like feel sick, like sitting up at night, just waiting for me to come home. Oh. oh, yeah. 
Oh, you know, bless her, because as a, having a 21-year-old that's not yet taken on sobriety, Bethany, if you're listening to this, <laughs> listen to all of it. <laughs> it. It is really worrying. And it is, and you know, when you can see your, and as your mum would have seen how amazing you were, how confident and lovely you were, you know, I see it with my daughter, that, and I just think, oh, you don't need to drink to be all them things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good on you for looking out for your mum. <laughs> oh yeah, bless her. She's very happy now. Oh yeah, she's minds about other things now. <laughs> <laughs> we always do. Yeah. You know what, though, Millie? Before we go, because I can see that we're um, a little bit short of time. What would your top tip be for people? Um, maybe you know of the younger generation that are thinking about stopping drinking. Um, I, I was, oh, I've probably got a couple actually. Um, I would say test it for at least 90 days, like dry January and sober October, I think are great. Um, but I think if you yeah. really want to see good changes, I think carry on for at least 90 days. Cause you know, like in January, no one's really going out anyway. It's not really the biggest sort of like push to see the benefits, like carry on through February, March. Um, yeah, that would be one. I'd say the biggest thing. And I always like, Obviously, I think it would be amazing if everyone was sober. Like, if the world was sober, it would be amazing. But I appreciate that it's not for everyone. So my biggest thing, and especially to, like, young people who still want to drink, is to drink for the right reasons. I mean, I'm not saying there are right reasons to drink, but at least don't drink for the wrong reasons. So yeah, because you're, like, jealous, sad, like, unhappy, angry, like, all of those kind of negative emotions like you shouldn't and it's kind of more like the ruby warrington sober curious angle of like being really mindful of the situations that you're drinking so like if you're in a bad place emotionally or you're drinking because you're stressed like that's not a good thing to do because then you don't learn to sort of manage those emotions you you will only ever associate those negative emotions with having a drink i would say only drinking situations you know where like i don't know you're making a toast or like you, you're at a gig and you just think that maybe having one drink would add to the atmosphere. Like obviously yeah. I fully always promote sobriety, but if people are absolutely like, I'm never going to just be teetotal, then then that is my kind of go-to tip is that drink for, well, don't drink for the wrong reasons. Oh yeah, I agree. And I just want to say at this point, Millie, thank you so much because you have shared a lot that, really is outside of mine and Lisa's kind of, and I, know, I don't want to be ageist, but yeah. <laughs> age bracket or certainly life experience bracket because we're at a slightly different older end. We're mums, we've got families and so on. It's just so lovely being able to talk to somebody, um, one who's been massively successful and two who can influence all these young people in such a positive way. So thank you so, so Oh, no, thank you. Thank you, Millie. It has been lovely. I've really, really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more as well. So, yes, thank you. I'm just going to say now, um, let's have a look. We're going to be discussing next time on the next podcast. We're going to be talking about the alcohol industry. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait for that one, Alex. Can you? I can't wait for that. Can't wait for a good old <laughs> rant, Lisa. <laughs> I have been dying for a ranty one. So oh my God. Can I come back on that one as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye.